Um, Exodus 14 and 14. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be in the whole chapter, but I just want to hit on that verse because all of us go through battles. All of us go through times in our lives where we have to stand up for what we believe. And all of us go through, and, and well, let me rephrase that, that sometimes during those battles, we question our own faith. We question our own faith to the point where we question God. And I want to tell you, that, church, that that's a dangerous place to be. That's a dangerous place to be. God Himself says that we need to rest. Psalms 23 says, I lay down in green pastures. Your, raft and your, stock, uh, your, your staff and your rod, they comfort me. My cup overflows. That it, if that doesn't say that God wants you to rest in His presence, I don't know what else to tell you. He understands that, you know, uh, we, we, let, let, me, let me back up just a second. We see our military, we see our policemen and firemen and first responders out there working hard to help people. And they get tired. And the, the military will only let you go for so many months and then they bring you back. And back in the day, that was, that was what they called R&R, rest and relaxation, furlough. Church, if we are going to be Christians in God's army, we are going to be on, in, in a constant battle with evil. We are going to be in a constant battle with evil. Some days may be good. Some days the battle may be light. Some days the fight not, might not be as hard. But we are always going to be in a constant battle with evil. How many times have you just been sitting there and you've been your, your own mind and your own conscience is fighting against you? Exodus 14, 14, Moses says, The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Some versions say, and you shall just be, and you shall only need to be silent. Well, this chapter is the chapter about the splitting of the Red Sea. A little history before this, cha- before this chapter in Exodus, the Israelites, as you know, were slaves in Egypt. Under Pharaoh's command. And Moses went several times to ask Pharaoh to free the Israelites. Well, now it happened. But we're going to read the whole chapter. And as we read, we'll stop and we'll cover some things. But I want to read this whole chapter because I want you to see where this starts from the Israelites leaving Egypt until what God does for them at the end. 14 and 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi-Hahirath between Migdol and the sea opposite Baal-Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. 
The wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. <coughs> so what it's saying right there in those first four verses is that the Israelites are going to leave Egypt. They're going to go into the wilderness and they're going to be stuck. They're not going to know what to do. There's a sea, the Red Sea. Then there's the wilderness here and there's the wilderness over here and then they can go back to Egypt. But that's not what they want to do. They don't want to go back to Egypt. Or do they? Hmm. So I just kind of want to give you the lay of the land about what they're facing when they leave Egypt. Now remember, they are slaves in Egypt. Not slaves to you you stay in the house and you clean up a little bit. (coughs) Excuse me, and you cook supper and, and lunch and everything and you wear nice clothes. Not those kind of slaves. They're the kind of slaves that are out there mining and building and making stone, making big rocks into little rocks, wearing sackcloth. If they slow down a little bit, they get whipped by the soldiers or beaten. Why do you think Moses left? Because when he realized who he was, he went down to his people and saw them getting beaten and killed an Egyptian soldier and then fled. So understand what they were facing if they returned to Egypt. Verse 5. Now it was told the king of Egypt, it was told the king of Egypt that the the people had fled. And and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also, he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt, Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the Pharaoh king, the king of Egypt, and, pursued, and he pursued the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. So he said, God said it to Moses. He said, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. So not only did he harden Pharaoh's heart, but he hardened all the Egyptians' heart with, that, that were going with him to chase after the Egyptians. Pharaoh, he, he says, why, why, why have we done this? How, how do we let him go? They were serving us. Because if you knew anything about Pharaohs back in the day, they believed they were God. Not our God. They just believed that they were God over their people. They believed nothing can hurt them. Everyone was subordinate to them, under them, inferior to them. Even the people that were in the high courts could be killed in an instant at just one word of Pharaoh. So of course, all the people, all the Egyptians were going to say, yes, let's follow Pharaoh. We're going to do what he wants to do. God's hardened his heart. So verse 9, so the Egyptians pursued them, the people of Israel. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh... 
his horsemen and his army and, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi-Hahirath before Baal-Zaphon. So here they are. They see him. There they are camping. If you have just listened or read along with me about all the people that went after the Israelites from Egypt, I would imagine they just left the women and children behind. And took everybody else they could fight. Probably for one-tenth of the amount of people that they brought with them. And what I'm saying is the Israelites probably amounted to one-tenth of how many Egyptians went after them. Why are you so scared, I ask? Why are you so worried, Pharaoh? That this little bit of, uh, a little bitty crowd of Israelites are going to be able to take your army. When you just had them enslaved in your own country. They're malnourished. They're weak. Because I don't care if you carry around large stones all day. If you don't eat right, the muscles don't rebuild right. So now, the Egyptians have come upon the Israelites camping. And they don't know where to go. The Israelites. Verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, here it comes. The children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us <coughs> Excuse me, to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the world that we told you in Egypt? Saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And folks, I'm going to tell you right there, if this doesn't paint a picture of how people are in the world, I don't know what else to tell you. It's easy to conform to the world, Pastor. As long as you conform to the world, I can be in my comfort zone and I don't have to worry about anything but my own heart. Well, I got news for you. If you're in your comfort zone and you want to live back in Egypt, you go right ahead. But I'm going to doubt your heart every day. Because Jesus says, Jesus says, if you don't produce fruit, He's going to prune you from the vine. John 15, 5, if you want to look it up. Jesus says, if you don't produce fruit, God's going to, the vine dresser, God is going to prune you from the, from the vine. Because He says, I am the vine. And you are the branches. And if you are in me and I am in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 13, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians, the Egyptians whom you see today you shall see again no more forever. Moses said, you're looking at them right now, but you're not ever going to see them again after today. 
Come on, church. Where are you at this morning, church? God's about to do something mighty for the Israelites. Guess what? You are Christians. If you follow Jesus, you might as well add yourself into the genealogy of the Israelites today. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Moses said, be quiet and let God fight for you today. Where are, where are you, church? Where is your faith? Jesus says, for I clothe the lilies in the field. What makes you think I won't clothe you, O ye of little faith? Verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Let me read that again. He said, But lift up, lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Somebody go out to the North, uh, North Pass right here with a stick. Hold it up and throw your hands out like this and see if Pontchartrain separates for you. Why are you laughing? Can God do it? He's about to do it right here. So you know what? And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians... And they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Wait a minute, pastor. You're saying God wants to do all this for himself. He's going to get the honor. He's going to get the honor for himself. Well, guess what? He can have all the honor because you know what? He got up on that old rugged cross and he spilled his blood for me so that I don't have to die. So that when I leave this earthly body, I'm going to get a new body that ain't broken. It's not sick. It ain't overweight. I'm just going to be honest. And I'm going to live forever. Do you see the picture, church? I don't think you see it. I don't think you see the picture right now. So in verse 19, And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved, because remember they were being guided by an angel. God was guiding them with an angel in the wilderness. He moved and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before them and stood behind them. Why do you think that's the case? So the Egyptians couldn't see him anymore. God's getting ready. I'm thinking of the Rocky movies and they in the back and they warming up, you know. I can't do it. I'm not a boxer. They get in the bag. They hit in the bag. They're getting warmed up. Starting to break a sweat. Verse 20. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one and it gave light by night to the other so that the one did not come near the other at all that night. So, here it is, nightfall. You would think, if I was the commander of an army, hey, when's the best time to attack? When they can't see us. Well, now Pharaoh's thinking the same thing. Guess what? 
He can't attack at night because he can't see him. Serve an awesome God. I'm at this whole bottle down before we get done. Verse 21, then Moses, here it comes. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land. And the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground and the waters were and the waters were a wall to them on the right hand and on the left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea. All Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. So you can imagine how big this sea is, right? The Israelites are in there, and all of the Egyptian army has followed them. They need to write a book. Bait of God and tell this story. It's God baiting them in, right? Come on in here. Look, look what I'm doing. Watch this. Verse 24. Now it came to pass in the morning, watch. Now you think about this. This happened at nighttime, right? And this is like going, this didn't happen like the sea spread, they ran across, came back down. No, this happened over hours. Started at night, came into the morning. Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of, Egypt, of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud. And He troubled the army of the Egyptians. Man, I'm getting motivated. Because you know what? When I got faith, I'm just thinking about what God's doing to my enemy right now. I'm just thinking about what He's doing to my enemy right now. Because I have faith in Him to let Him handle the situation. Instead of me going over there and shooting off my mouth and saying something that I shouldn't say. I'm going to let God handle my situations. I'm going to let God take my battles. I'm going to hold this Bible up right here and say, you know what, Lord? You said be quiet. Because I'll fight for you. <laughs> Somewhere else in the Bible says, be still and know that I am the Lord. Wait. But Lord, I'm pumped up. He said, good. Praise me. Worship me. Tell people about me. Use that energy to build my kingdom. Don't go out there and say something you shouldn't say and tear it down. Get your sign and stand on the street corner. And just let people know who the standard is. If you're called to do that, not everyone is. Verse 25. God took off their chariot wheels <laughs> so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the, from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Oh, no. They know now. How many of you are going to go out there and look at your car with no tires on it and try to drive it? Not me. I'm going to look up and say, Lord, you better fight this battle because I need my tires right now. Where are they? And then I'm going to wonder, if he took my tires off, who am I really fighting for? You feel like your tires have been taken off, church? I mean, God took off the wheels of the chariots of the Egyptians and they couldn't drive them. That's right. <laughs> How many of y'all have trouble getting around sometimes? How many of y'all try to keep, have trouble getting done what you want to get done? How many of y'all have heard God say, do this? And you say, no, God, I'm going to do this. 
and you run into a brick wall or you trip and fall or you say something you shouldn't have said and then you find yourself, oh God, I'm so sorry. He took your chariot wheels off. Come on, church. Where you at this morning? So, the Egyptians say, hey, we need to go. We need to go. Verse 26. Told you we are going to get through this whole chapter. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. God will take care of your enemy. He will get rid of the whole enemy. He won't say, hey, I'm only, you know what? You only got this much faith, so I'm going to take care of half of them. You got to deal with the rest. No. He says, you got the faith of a mustard seed? They all gone. They all get drowned. The whole mountain gets moved. I don't know where you're at this morning, church. I'm trying to lift up your faith this morning. I'm showing you that God will drown your enemy. He will put it to death right now. Verse 29. But the children of Israel have walked on dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When I was a policeman, we, we couldn't stand it when somebody would call in and say a body washed up on the shore. That meant a lot of paperwork. Boy, but what a glorious day to see your enemy washed up on the shore. I can only imagine how the Israelites felt that day. 31, Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt, so the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and His servant Moses. Church, when are we going to stop asking God to drown the Egyptians in the sea before we have faith? Sometimes it takes, it seems like it's going to take a miracle for you to believe. Why do we wait so long? God, I'm going to tell you why. Because God has given this Word and it lives every day and you breathe it, you inhale it, you let the Holy Spirit minister to you, but you won't exhale it and you won't confess through prayer. You won't read it because stories like this give me, give me fire. They light me up because you know what? I know that because of this, God will take care of my enemy. Because of this story... God will take care of anything as long as I have the faith of a mustard seed. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be silent. You only need to hold your peace. Be still and know that He is God. His ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Don't doubt Him. Don't doubt Him. Bring Him, in, bring him into fruition. Bring this with you. Carry this with you. I don't care if you got it on your phone, your iPad, if you want to carry this. 
I don't care. Bring God's Word with you. Without God, Moses couldn't have split that sea open. Without God, they would have been killed by the Egyptian army. Without Jesus, without, listen to me church, without Jesus, there is no freedom. I don't think you hear me this morning. Without Jesus, there is no salvation. If you don't have a faith as small as a mustard seed, I don't know how you can believe in Jesus. Because right now, that darkness that lives inside your heart is just like the Egyptian army, just waiting to overtake you. And you look at over there and there ain't nothing but water. And you're like, God, I can't swim. I might be able to get out there a little bit, but I'm going to get tired trying to tread water and I'm going to drown because it's too deep. Song says, Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. What do you think he did for the Israelites that day? How deep do you think that sea was? Waist deep? I don't believe. He split it wide open. He split it wide open when the waves would have overtook them. That's the only other route they had to go because they didn't know which way to go. And the quickest way was to go through the Red Sea. And they could have tried to swim across there, but they had probably lost 90% of them drowned. You ready, to jump in, you ready to jump in the sea this morning, church? You got faith to know that God's going to split it open for you so you can walk on dry ground. And when you get on the other side, when He promotes you to the next level, and you look behind you and you see that enemy behind you, and watch the sea come crumbling down around. Watch the walls of that water splash down around them and take them out. Why does it take that much for us to believe? If we shout this every day, we shout this every day, Jesus is the standard. If He's the standard, why does it take so much for us to believe that God will fight for us? He not only fought for us, but He died for us. Some of you need to make a decision today. I don't know what that decision is, but it needs to be a decision to turn your eyes upon Jesus. And I'm not trying to be cliche, but the song got it right. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Seek the face of the King. The one who sat on the cross and wore the crown of thorns for you. The one who sat there and His body just fell apart. Nailed to a tree. And His blood spilled on the ground so that you could be free. The decision's yours, church. The altar's open. Prayer team, as you come up, don't leave this church today without knowing God will take care of your enemy.